Temporal Agents Log, Stardate Irrelevant. Welcome to the Temporal Investigations Archive. Join me as I re-watch all of Star Trek in complete chronological order, from outside existence to the Big Bang, all the way to the ends of the universe. This may be the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise, doing what no sane entity has ever done before. I'm your host, Dan Hitch. Welcome to the Temporal Trek Podcast. Previously on Temporal Trek. Hello and welcome to episode 9, Sacrifice of Angels. The game must not end. The prophets seem to be hinting at some sort of plan. Live out some sort of, for lack of a better word, destiny. You are the Cisco. He has a bigger role to play. Your reason is flawed. It's insufficient. And that that alone is reason not to believe in such a god. If a god doesn't want to know its creation, then what business do we have worshipping one? They say you are the Cisco, and he says I'm also a Starfleet captain. You have no right to interfere with my life. We have every right. You don't want me dead? Fine. You want to be gods? Then be gods. A penance must be exacted. His path will follow another path. And Cisco just simply asks, what path is that? To be continued. Da, da, da. Hello and welcome to episode 10, the final episode in this season of the podcast. I'll be taking a short break after this episode as I get all my knowledge and research done for the next season, which will cover everything from the Big Bang to the 21st century. But for right now, we're going to go back to Deep Space Nine, but we're going to a different episode, What You Leave Behind. It's a very short scene. In this episode, there are two other visions that take place. Now, I see those as time adjacent because the people receiving those visions from the prophets are still physically in our reality. They are just seeing a message being given to them in the same way that I've been ignoring all of the prophet visions as well that come from orbs in our space-time. I'm only concerned with the time when a physical being has left our reality and has been taken to where the prophets reside. This scene, you have Cisco and one other prophet alone. Unlike most of the time where we've had so many other prophets for him to deal with, this is one prophet on her own. He says, Sarah, where are you? So we have this character who appears to have a name. Now, again, I know what this means, but if I'm just taking this scene, I'm just going from what I'm given. He's asking what happened. What did happen? Something else has been going on. She says, the emissary has completed his task. We had a threat in the last episode. A penance needed to be exacted. And now the emissary, and now the emissary seems to have fulfilled his task. And it seems the penance is about to come. He asks about what happened to the Par Wraiths. He seemed to have been battling the Par Wraiths. Last episode, he was battling the Dominion, so they clearly survived. And this is much later in the season run. She says, you returned them to their prison in the fire caves. They've been returned. Interesting. The Par Wraiths are no longer a threat. Now, we've not dealt with the Par Wraiths in any of the previous segments of this season. So when we come back to Deep Space Nine and we're watching all the episodes, we're going to have to find out what they're all about as well. He says the book was the key. What's the book? Who knows? 
This is all getting very, very trippy. This scene is referring to so many other things, and this is the kind of thing I was hoping to kind of find as I was going through the season. Up till now, most of the episodes and clips, they've had a pretty standard ABC plot. You can kind of figure out what's going on. But this is being so ref self-referential and so out of context that it's very hard to follow what's going on. He says the book was the key, wasn't it? And she said yes to a door that can never be opened again. Ducat is dead. Gold Ducat's dead? What has been happening? Who knows what's going on? We'll have to find out. She says he is where he belongs with the Par Wraiths. Your trial has ended. You need to rest. Cisco doesn't take that as that's just over. You can now go back home. He's almost expecting the Star Trek reset button here at the moment. He just says, I intend to as soon as I return to Deep Space Nine. Sarah, the Prophet Sarah, says that won't be necessary. You are with us now. And it ends at timestamp one hour, 15 minutes and 18 seconds. And that's it. Like I said, this last section is so short. I thought about including the visions from the episode What You Leave Behind to perhaps lengthen it out, maybe pad it out a bit so you got a bit more of an episode. But unfortunately, when I look through it, those characters don't leave where they're sitting when they have their visions. And it's a good thing they're sitting because if they were having those visions, I think they'd be falling over everything in their rooms. This is the only scene left that I could go for. So we've got Ducat dead. We've got these things called power wraiths. We've got the emissary fulfilling some sort of destiny. Very unusual. Now the idea of destiny is something, speaking as a Star Trek fan, speaking as an atheist Star Trek fan with a lack of faith in a superstition, when I hear words like destiny being used in Star Trek, it seems antithetical to me, or anti-thematic at least. The idea of some sort of destiny, prophecy, perhaps a perhaps religious element to the actions of our characters. It's not abhorrent to me. I know it has to be in there. I know there are characters who go through that. But when one of our main characters is doing it, it seems unusual. And it's possibly the one thing about Deep Space Nine I don't like as much. It's the use of religion and its terminology, like things like destinies and prophecies, that kind of switch me out of it. And it's a shame that I have to end this season on that kind of note, but it's just something I don't enjoy as much. Now, Speaking it as a piece of drama, as a piece of writing, what the hell's going on? I love it when we use these things in other pieces of drama. Now, talking about other franchises, you've got your Star Wars, you've got your Destiny. That fits for that franchise, it makes perfect sense for me. I love stories about ghosts, even though I don't believe in them, because it's great storytelling. In this scene, it is still great storytelling to have all this mystery. The book, doors closing... Uh, fulfilling your destiny and what happens that's great just the problem for me is as a Star Trek fan and the Star Trek franchise playing such a big part in my switch to that way of thinking seems harder to accept scenes like this in Star Trek and wording certainly and writing like this in Star Trek so not much to go on that's why I was going to sandwich the review together for both the last episode and this episode. So we had the prophets in the last episode talking about exacting penance for Cisco wanting to change the game or control the game. We had the idea that you had to call out gods for the way they act uh, if something if something is responsible for the actions of another being to then wash your hands of it and stand back and not get involved. That perhaps is a, an act of moral cowardice, perhaps, um, certainly a moral insufficiency. And now in this particular scene, in episode 10, we've got, in episode 10, we've got the idea that the emissary has fulfilled his task, that it, perhaps he took ownership of his own journey. And rather than fulfilling a destiny, he is now that he took ownership of that destiny. 
that seems to have played out, and that perhaps it's his own personal strength that's the important thing, not necessarily the religious aspect of what might have happened. Looking at canon. Now, at no point in these two episodes was there time travel that would have affected the events of reality. However, the prophets do interfere, or say they're going to interfere. We never see it happen in this scene, but it looks like they're going to stop that fleet from entering the Alpha Quadrant. That's a big change. Had the Federation fallen, the franchise would completely change. The idea of Star Trek as the utopian ideal would be gone because there wouldn't be a federation upholding any kind of values. They would be fighting a, a war of freedom against the Dominion occupation, however extensive that might have been. That's a big change. So the impact of the scene from episode 9 is immense. Also, the follow-on impact for Cisco, as we see in episode 10. Penance was exacted in episode 9, and now in episode 10, here we are. We see that he has lived through it. And he now has to stay with the prophets, not return to our reality. That's a big change. He's the emissary to an entire world. That's a big change as well. Now, it's not an example of time travel, but it is the effects of this outside time area on our reality and the reality of the Trek franchise. At the beginning of the scene, Cisco was presumably in our time, in our reality, as the captain of Deep Space Nine and Defiant. He now leaves that universe. He is now no longer there. Those ships in episode 9, if they disappeared, they are no longer there as part of that reality. Things have now changed. Anything that happens after this point will be completely different. The actions of Cisco, the actions of Kira, Odo will always be flavoured with this idea that Cisco is no longer with them, that Ben Cisco is gone. How would I change the writing? As I say, I've given my own personal prejudice against the idea of destiny and faith and religion in Star Trek. I know that Deep Space Nine deals with this issue and deals with it very, very well. They're not giving over to religious belief, they are just dealing with it. However, dealing with Cisco and the fact that he is accepting this religious belief is the thing that that doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't quite give me that that trekky feeling. In the previous episode, we had him calling out gods. That, for me, was Star Trek. The idea that they have now set a penance in motion, that they've outlined or made the next season, effectively, after that, part of their design or plan, that's something that I don't particularly like. The idea that they're a, a creature, a deity, uh, a power that is very powerful has created a set of predestination, removed free will essentially from all the other characters. For my own mind has diminished the actions of all the characters after that. Anything that happens now for the rest of Star Trek from that point on in terms of Deep Space Nine are not the actions of our characters. It's not the action of free will. It is now the action of the prophets and their plan. Anything Cisco does in this episode and the fact that he had to fight these Parathes that potentially he probably killed Dukat, those were the actions and the will of the prophets, not his will. And that's something that is my own problem with the scene. How would I change it? I would have had him calling out the gods. I would have had him get them to play a part. Then I would have had the prophets step back and say we can no longer interfere because they would recognize that yes, all the actions of characters after this would have to be their own. They would then sit back and say, anything else you can never ask of us again. 
We are protecting Bajor. We will always protect Bajor, but we will never step in again. Have them take that non-interference directive, that prime directive that we're so used to from Star Trek, and stay away. Now, that's what they wanted to do in the first place, yes. Non-corporeal matters were not their concern. They wanted to interfere to save Cisco's life. So they can interfere with Cisco's life as well. But I would always write it that they will now stay away. They will not be part of this anymore. For episode 10, the big difference being that when Sarah, the prophet, at the end says, you are with us now, perhaps have it as, we could not bear to leave you. We could not bear to have you just die and cease to be. We wanted you to enjoy how the game turned out. You know, call back to that previous time when they were talking about not letting him control the game. Just change it slightly so it steers clear of this idea of destination, that they are enforcing their will, but change it to the fact that, yes, you you did what you wanted to do, you fought against Ducat, you stopped these par wraiths, but you did it of your own volition, you did it of your own reasons. There are plenty of reasons for him, personally, as a character, to want to do this, ir irrespective of what the prophets want but at the moment of death they pulled him out of existence to save him and that was their one last interference that was them bending their prime directive as star trek does tend to do quite a lot of times that you can have these austerity of goals but they aren't absolute but sometimes you have to make exceptions to have the prophets come to our way of thinking that you don't have to act all the time but only when it's absolutely necessary. Steering clear of this idea of destination and the religious aspect of the prophets. So last but not least, do I recommend to fans and non-fans? To fans, I like the impassioned speech in episode 9, pleading with gods to make them do things, to make them take responsibility of what they've done. So I think for me, that's that makes it the most Star Trek of things. Smushing it with this scene as well in, in episode 10, so 9 and 10, do I recommend to Star Trek fans? Again, not really. Because there is this push to destiny and faith, it just doesn't It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel in the same vein as everything else that we're used to. It's For me, it seems a bit hokey. Uh, it's, it, it doesn't seem... For me, it, it just doesn't seem to have that, that oomph, that, that drive of Star Trek uh, to be to have this impassioned speech talking to gods to take responsibility and then you're giving over to the will of the prophets at the end and their plan and their design it just doesn't seem right to me so to star trek fans when you take it all in this whole story i just can't recommend that but the speech from just episode nine if you were just taking that segment yes by all means watch that scene for non-fans it's hard because Without watching all the other episodes, I can't recommend these scenes on their own. Without the other episodes, you have no context for the par race, the book. If you were just watching this, it's just a, a, a bunch of words, a jumble, a nonsense on the screen. Now, that could be uh, a good way of describing what it's like to deal with the prophets. It's a jumble. It's a hodgepodge of all these different things throwing themselves at you. But really, when you think about it, there's no context here. To a new fan, to a, to a non-fan coming into Star Trek for the first time... You're not going to get anything out of it. You need to watch the whole of Deep Space Nine, which is a fantastic iteration of Star Trek, to really get what's going on. Now, you heard me as a Star Trek fan saying that it seems sort of anti-Trek to be talking about religion and things like that. 
but when you're giving it the context. And remember, I'm only talking about just these scenes that we've talked about, not the whole series. When you've got the context of the entire show, these scenes will take on a whole new meaning. Now that we've moved out of side of time, any of these reviews for these segments are not on their own. When I come to these episodes in proper timeline sequence, I will be reviewing everything, including these scenes, because I'm going to be watching them again, but this time from the perspective of the characters going out of time and how it might uh, impact our reality that way as well. For right now, this whole season has been about just what happens in these scenes. Now I'm going to be able to talk outside the context as well. So, to non-fans, I can't recommend. And there we have it. The last episode of Season 0, Outside Time on Temporal Trek. Season 1 will start very soon. The Big Bang to the 21st century. We'll be taking scenes set in certain eras of time. That may mean a format change for the show. It may mean that I do things differently. Perhaps I'll be throwing in a few more segments. Perhaps I'll get some more ideas along the way. I'll begin recording the season after 2019. But for now, live long and prosper. Thank you very much for listening. And I'll catch you at the Big Bang. If you'd like to contact the show, there's now a Twitter account. Search Temple Trek Podcast at Rider underscore Coattail. Or contact me directly at Hitch underscore Daniel. I'm also on Instagram, Daniel underscore Hitch underscore Writer. There's also a website with all of the timestamps you need to follow along. Go to ridingcoattails.simplesite.com and click the Temporal Trek page link. The show is always going to be free. There's no Patreon at all. But if you wish to financially contribute to the show, feel free to find my books by searching me, Daniel Hitch, on Amazon. And we'll catch you in the next time stream.